Hi, this is Kathy. Welcome back to our Launch Pro, our podcast about the restaurant business. We're joined today by Lauren Saria, and she is the marketing manager for Phoenix Public Market, which is downtown Phoenix, and St. Francis, which is more central Phoenix? Yeah, uptown Phoenix, we like to say. Um, Lauren has kind of an interesting pathway into the job that she's in right now, and so I'm going to let her kind of tell you a little bit about her background. Sure. So I... um I actually came out to Arizona from California uh, to go to ASU myself, go Sun Devils. (laughs) Um, So I came to the downtown Phoenix campus and I studied at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Um, I initially wanted to go into food or into sports journalism actually and sort of found my way into doing food journalism instead. Um, and so after graduating, I worked for a period of time with the Phoenix New Times as both a full, full-time food writer um, and then later as the food editor for a few years, sort of running um, the food and beverage section of the newspaper. Um, and then when it came time to sort of start looking for the next thing, um, Chef Aaron Chamberlain, who owns both uh, the cafe and St. Francis, um, approached me and said, I have this crazy job I want done and I don't really know what it is um, but I promise it'll be fun and challenging and uh, here I am a year later. <laughs> oh, has it been a year? It's been a year yeah it's gone really fast. <laughs> I got to know Lauren when she was um, the food editor at the New, um, the Phoenix New Times because she came to one of our events that we held and um, we really enjoyed having her also serve on our advisory committee. Um, just because we, we like to get people from the outside rather than just university people. But So tell us, what is this job that you've ended up in? Sure. So it's, um, it's a little bit of everything. Um, the marketing aspect of it, I guess, would be the fact that I sort of oversee um, our social media. I do sort of um, a little bit of our public relations efforts, um, handling media inquiries. And then also... Um, you know, handling our events-based marketing. So when we go out to do food festivals or if we um, were to participate in sort of any offsite events, I um, organize all of that. And then since we're a small growing company, I also get to do things like um, overseeing our catering division, which is something that I had never done before. Um, Having a hand in our wholesale uh, pastry and bakery program, which is something that we focus a lot on growing this year. Um, the, the Phoenix Public Market Cafe actually provides um, pastries for Cartel Coffee, which is a, a big local coffee chain here in town, and a few others, as well as to um, a few restaurants. So um, I really have gotten to sort of have a little bit of a hand in just about every aspect of the restaurant, um, of our restaurants at least. So that's, it's, been, it's been kind of a crash course. <laughs> so when you used to do reviews of restaurants... Because that was one of the things you did with the, as the food editor. Yes. What would you, like, if you could go back and say, boy, I, I feel different about this issue now than I did back when I was writing about it. Oh, my gosh. There are so many things. Um, I, think, I think the biggest thing for, or that I sort of realized once I started working inside the restaurant is just um, how much of the experience is ultimately really beyond um, the owner and even the chef's control. Um, I think in your mind as a diner, especially when it comes to like a chef-driven restaurant like ours are where um, Aaron's name is is very closely associated with both restaurants. Um, uh, I think in your head you sit down and you kind of have this 
vision, even if you know on some level it's not true, that like Aaron is in the kitchen, sort of seeing every plate, um, and, and every customer ha you know knows him and understands his vision, the vision that you might have read about in a, in an article that I had written some you know previously or whatever it might be, um, and the day to day ins and out are just so different. Um, there are so many, I guess another way of putting it is that there are just so many people that go into um, every plate of food that comes out of a restaurant kitchen and, and into um, every aspect of the restaurant. Um, and when you kind of, when I first understood how many people it takes to just like get the doors open and, and put you know, food on the table in front of a, a customer, it really like totally turned my, um, my whole concept of, of restaurants sort of upside down. That's it's really interesting because I think sometimes when you see something from the outside, you can have a whole different perspective than when you're in that, in the heat of the moment. And there really is a lot of heat in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I find interesting is that people are moving away from going to the traditional, I'm going to read a restaurant review in the New Times, although I do that a lot, but um, and they go to Yelp. Mm -hmm. So as a marketing manager, how do you handle that? How do you handle the bad reviews? And how do you handle the good reviews that you see on Yelp? Sure. So that actually is a, a big part of my job. I didn't mention handling um, customer reviews and complaints when they happen and things like that. Um, and, you know, at least for our company, um, one of our sort of mantras, the things we're always repeating, is building community through food. And, and so, you know, our focus is always on, you know, we open our doors because we want to nourish our community. And so we sort of come from a place of if we failed to do that for whatever reason, even if it's something that was beyond our control um, or something, you know, that maybe the customer could have prevented, um, we do whatever we can to sort of make that right. So we sort of always, we definitely adhere to the customer is always right. And then internally, of course, if it's something that was our fault, um, you know, one of the things that I get to do is sort of retrace where whatever whatever breakdown happened, where that where that started, and then figure out how we can maybe build a new system or improve the existing system to address whatever problems there were. And then, as far as good reviews, um, you know, when they come, it's they're few and far between actually. But when they do come in, you know, I get to send out the the congratulatory email to all the team members and say we did we did it right this time. <laughs> Let's do it again. Now we just have to do it, you know, two hundred more times today. <laughs> so. It's funny because I know that when I Yelp, when I when I do it, I do it on trips a lot. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on vacation, I you know I, I come back to the hotel room and then I do my little trip advisor and my Yelp reviews. And generally, I'm on vacation mode, and I'm mm -hmm. mellow, and I'm happy, and my reviews are almost always positive. Mm -hmm. When I, I, I just thought about this now. When I post here, when at home, it's usually when I've been disappointed. Right. Um, maybe because I'm just not in such a happy place. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I, I always find myself doing that more often, that it's in something negative. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, I don't know that, that people totally believe all the Yelp reviews. They kind mm -hmm. of take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes you can look at them and you go, oh, yeah, that person's just kind of a jerk. <laughs> but um, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the people who respond really negatively on Yelp, the owners totally. who get very defensive. <laughs> so how do you like? How do you think you can deal with that defensive initial, I'm going to defend my, my position rather than 
handling it maybe more appropriately? Sure. Um, I think that's like everyone's initial reaction. And I actually think that's part of the reason why um, it's really great that our um, that I'm able to be here um, to sort of be that buffer between our managers and our owners and our customers. Because a lot of the times, like if the manager was the one handling um, those responses to the public, um, you know, they might have been there. They might have seen the customer who was super difficult. And so they would have a much harder time sort of putting on a smiling, polite face than I do because I'm not in the store most of the time. So I can sort of be an objective um, person to sort of handle that. Um, so for our company, especially because we have two restaurants, we're going to have more. Um, that's part of the reason that they brought me on is because they knew they needed someone to sort of fill that that space. Um but I mean, for like, if you're owned one restaurant and and you're kind of doing all wearing all the hats, that's just like one example of why it is so hard to wear every hat in a business because sometimes you do have to be able to separate your emotions from from. Yeah. And the I think the chef and the owner probably feel more like this is their baby. Exactly. And you're you know you're calling their baby ugly, and that's <laughs> that's a tough thing to have to you know here. that's not good you know, and it's hard here. It's hard to hear criticism, mm-hmm. and. And so, how do you go? How in, this, in these two facilities? How do you do your customer service training? How does that happen here? Sure. So that's actually something that we are currently spending a lot of time um, finessing. I guess is a way to put it. Um, right now, you know, with two restaurants, a lot of that's just done directly from our management team and through Aaron. You know, he's a very hands-on owner. Our managers have been with him for a very long time so we have the luxury of most of our staff um you know at some point during their training he was able to come in and tell them um himself kind of about his vision for the restaurant um and how important it is to him to sort of be nourishing the community and those sort of get people in that mindset of what the mission for our restaurants are we know that as we grow and we're opening three restaurants in the next six months, which oh is my crazy. Where are you? <laughs> Tell us more about that. Yes. Uh, well, we're opening a taco restaurant down on Roosevelt Row, which will be downtown. That'll be a very small restaurant. Um, and then we're actually opening another cafe in Tempe. So um, that will be closer, to, pretty close to the Tempe ASU campus. It's going to be Phoenix Market Cafe. It will be Tempe Public Market <laughs> Cafe. We fought, we did fight about that a little bit. Um, and then we're opening a, a new concept, a Southwestern restaurant that'll be right across the street from the Tempe Market. So we are we're growing a lot, and that means bringing on a lot of new staff. And so one of the things that we've had to been thinking, you know, be thinking about is how how do you get that message and get your mission to you know. Um, a bunch of people that are going to be coming on all at one time. Um, And so it's been really interesting over the last year to kind of start building those systems. And, um, you know, we're we're looking at things like, um, you know, Aaron's going to start doing monthly new hire breakfast where where we're going to kind of get on mass new people and hopefully inundate them in, in what we're all about um, and kind of get them thinking about the way uh, we do things um, in our restaurant group. Um, and then also just making sure that it's coming top down, making sure that our managers really understand all that stuff. You know, our, our staff is going to grow, but our management staff is also going to grow. So we're looking at doing more things where we're sort of, um, bringing the management team together and talking about those mission statements and things. I think 
with a small management team, you don't really have to do that because you're, you know, hypothetically, there's like seven of you and you're all friends and it sort of goes unspoken. And one of the things that we're finding is, you know, as you grow from seven, you know, executive management people to like 20, you kind of have to set aside time to be like, hey guys, let's let's all be happy for two hours and not think about financials and not think about unhappy customers and like think about why we're here and take a moment to kind of step back and remind um, everybody about why you get up every day. Yeah. And <laughs> why you come to work. Why you come to work every day, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, that's really interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting to see this evolution in, in terms of these restaurants that are really growing here in the, in the Phoenix area and a lot more local restaurants instead of chains, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. um, I still unfortunately live in chain land and there's not going to be much, you know, recovery from that for in, where I live. But um, so what have you seen in the market in Phoenix since you've been here mm -hmm. and since you've been working in the food business? What have you, how have you seen the, the food industry change? It's been, in, it's been crazy. I mean, when I first moved out here and especially being downtown, I, I mean, I went to the ASU downtown campus. I, I don't live downtown right now, but both of our restaurants are very close to downtown. So I definitely have been in the downtown community for like about the last eight years. And it's been, it's changed so much. Like when I first moved down here, there really weren't um, a lot of the market. This, the, this restaurant that we're sitting in didn't exist. Um, and the restaurant scene in town was like very, uh, it was there and there were some people who had been working on it for a really long time, but it wasn't, um, it hadn't like really picked up steam, I guess I would say. And also there wasn't um, a lot in the middle of the market. There were like kind of a lot of um, nice restaurants that were in local and independently owned, but like the fast casual sort of like neighborhood type of restaurant spots, um, I don't think that those were as prevalent as they are now. Um, and then another really cool thing that's actually happening is we now have a lot of home homegrown chains, like kind of mini chains, like our own restaurants, like the, the cafe, um, that are brands that are Phoenix based and that are opening multiple locations. And I think that's really like sort of to me the indicator that we're like hitting hitting mass because that means that these small business owners are have figured it out enough that they have enough resources to, to go and open another business and like, that's super encouraging to me. Uh, one of the other areas in town, you know, Phoenix of course is, is really growing in terms of its restaurants, but the other place I think that's interesting is the Gilbert restaurants that have opened. You know, the Lolo's and Mar um, Barrio Queen and yeah. Nico's and um, you know, and, and it's interesting because Gilbert's always been kind of this farm country family you know mm -hmm. and it's really seen a, a huge change and it's in the dynamic there definitely it's you know and, and on one hand it's great it's you know there's a lot of great stuff out there and I'm sure if I lived out there I would be just thrilled um, I do think from like a restaurant owner side there's like a lot of talk about such oversaturation everybody going to the same markets um, you know people talk about that a lot on 7th Street here in Phoenix and then also out in Gilbert I think that that might be true um, but I also think that there are still so many underserved markets in the valley for example South Tempe where we're going um, with the Tempe public market there's like nothing out there still and as far as local independent restaurants and the West Valley is still really underserved so it's a, it's a very cool time to be uh, in this industry in Phoenix because definitely changing quickly yeah. <laughs> and you know and you're hearing both sides you're here I'm hearing some people say that the, the bubble is gonna break 
and the markets are the restaurants are going to start feeling the heat mm -hmm. and i think some already have but a lot of that's going out of business is you know always happens this, the restaurant business is not one for the faint of heart yes no and that's definitely something that i really have learned too and um you know i think when i was like writing about restaurants as a critic um you do on some level understand like this is someone's business this is someone's livelihood but now being on the inside it, you know it's more than i i can't even compare what it would be like in my own life if someone had the power that like some, uh, even just a random customer does on yelp over my life the way that you do when you write about yelp review about someone's restaurant it's kind of it's like it's kind of crazy actually when you really think about it so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so tell me what kind of other, other you do social um, media. Mm -hmm. What other kind of marketing activities are you involved in? Um, so we do, you know, uh, our restaurant, we, we focus a lot on, on, on online social media based marketing efforts. Um, but the other big one that we do is a lot of partnerships and, um, and an event based marketing. So we spend a lot of resources going to um, festivals like Devour Phoenix, which is um, a big event here in town um, and then you know doing things like um, you know we partner with it's um, an example uh, we recently partnered with ballet Arizona to do a brunch and ballet deal where they were um, sort of marketing us as a place to go before the ballet for brunch and then they sold vouchers and things like that we partnered with ASU on like a similar thing where they were sending um, potential students and parents from the from the campus over to the restaurant. Um, so we found that that type of stuff works well for us. Again, it, it all goes back to like the community. So we're always looking for ways to sort of like strengthen those community ties. Sometimes that means that's as simple as, um, you know, asking someone I know at the Suns for some tickets so we can do a Suns ticket giveaway on, on our social media um, and sometimes that might mean making a donation to um, you know a local nonprofit so that we can have a presence at their gala um, but that's a lot actually of what I do is kind of deciding what where we put those efforts um, as far as partnership that actually sounds like a really fun job <laughs> it is pretty fun it's, it's hard because especially at the end of the year everyone's kind of planning events and I have to say no to a lot of people but it is really fun um, and there's a lot of creativity involved so it's I'm very lucky <laughs> very cool um, very cool I went I recently went to a gala event and they were giving away um, you know ticket you know gift certificates to restaurants mm -hmm. and things and it was neat because you know all that money was going to the charitable organization and it was a really neat thing to see but I know that you must get asked for a lot of these and you have to decide between one and another which one is you're going to support yes and and that I, I it's funny because when I took the job they told me one of the things you're gonna have to do is handle all, all of our donation requests and I was thinking like okay like that's fine and then I saw how many there were and I was like oh wow that's okay that's a big part of this job actually um, so actually what one of the things that we've been fortunate to do this year is become a part of a nonprofit um, that's local, that works in food, um, where um, Aaron's a member of it, and I'm now looking at taking on like a, a board position. And so we'll be able to sort of work almost, not exclusively, we'll continue to work with other people, but we're kind of trying to um, 
focus our efforts on a smaller number of nonprofits as opposed to sort of just spreading our, our resources, which are already pretty limited everywhere. Um, but that's hard too because then you do have to tell more people no. So I don't know, but <laughs> it's, it's fun for the most part. Yeah, yeah very fun. One of the things that I think that people aren't always aware of is how small the profit margin is on a restaurant. And that, well, why can't they just give me a $25 gift certificate? I mean, it's just food. They can, I mean, that won't cost them anything, really. Yes. And not really understanding how how it works. Yes, you know? yes. And that's a tough thing to explain to people. It so is. it's a, quite a challenge. <laughs> so from your experience, is there one, if, if you were going to open up a restaurant or to go work in the restaurant industry, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone? What would you, first of all, let me ask specifically, what, what skills or abilities would you want to, do you think they should have coming into the job? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's start with that. As like an owner coming into, or or a manager, or just a person, or just a person coming um, in. I think that well, you need to be um, flexible. I actually, think is one of the most important things, um, and something that I didn't really have when I started this job. Um, coming from like a deadline-based job with a lot of structure. Um, you know, this industry, it's just always changing. And I mean, I think people say that about like every industry, but especially here in Phoenix right now, um, as soon as you think you know something, it's probably gonna change. Um, so yeah, just being being flexible, being able to be open-minded, being able to be innovative when you're, you know, problem solving about things. I think all of that stuff is, are things that people don't always associate with restaurant jobs. Um, but are, but are really gonna like set you apart. Um, and then um, being personable, uh, especially for back of house people, like people who are into the food. I think that um, media and movies and things have like ma- created this sense that if you're really good at cooking food, you don't have to be that nice. Um, and that's just not true. <laughs> at least not if you wanna be like, in charge of other people, um, you're only going to get so far uh, career-wise if if the only way you know how to give directions is by yelling. So um, I like that advice. It's really good. <laughs> I mean, I've had chefs I've worked with that were temperamental. Yes. And and we gave them a little bit of leeway, but at a certain point, you start having high turnover in the kitchen. Exactly. You know, because no people can get another job. Why would they stay and work with you mm-hmm. when you're abusive and rude and just moody as anything and you you can go get a different job where I can work with somebody who's you know civil yes and these days you know there it's the job market is so competitive in restaurants you know we're labor and hiring are some of our biggest issues just keeping the restaurant fully staffed especially in the back of house and so yeah we're definitely seeing that where if you have a bad a bad egg back there it's you know it's not it's just not gonna work Well, I think that's really true. So, you know, I think that how, like so many things, the way the media portrays the industry is so far from what it really is. Oh, yeah. And it's not glamorous. It, it's exciting in many ways. Yes. But you also sometimes have to get in there and wash some dishes. Oh, yeah. No matter who you are, you mm-hmm. know. And you're going to have people who treat you not always nicely. Yeah. And so there's a downside of the business. And you don't get to be, oh, I'm the owner. Yes. Um, because nonetheless, that people will be abusive to you. Oh, and yeah. So the customer service part is challenging. I have no idea what that noise is. <laughs> Just uh, loading some firewood. 
started burning um yeah, we use uh, we use a hardwood to, for our rotisserie, so they are loading up the firewood for oh, the, to put fun. in the rotisserie. <laughs> we'll just maybe we'll go ahead and start again. Okay, sure. All right. So, um, so we got interrupted for a second with them loading wood for their rotisserie um, <laughs> oven that they have back there, the wood fire oven, and um, so. I think that really we've kind of covered a lot of really great material and so I really appreciate you coming and sitting with me today and, and, and telling me about your experience. You know, it, it was kind of an interesting route that you took to get here and so it's kind of fun to, to see that. Yeah, thank you. I hope it's useful All right. <laughs> to well, somebody. <laughs> well, thank you so much. All right.